Hey everyone, and welcome back to this edition of the Philly Sports Angle podcast. I'm Kirsten, and this week in episode three of the Got a Lot um, on Deck for You with the return of Charlie Manuel last week to the Phillies, as well as the Eagles quarterback situation. But first, I just want to talk about, about how incredible the past week it's been um, for the Philadelphia Phillies with. The last podcast I posted was last Monday, and the next day, Tuesday, I had said that there I had a feeling the Phillies were going to make a big move, and this indeed was a big move when they fired their hitting coach, John Maley, and they hired Charlie Manuel, the 2008 World Series manager. This was a big move for the Phillies as, you know, with the struggles of their, of their previous road trip, um, winning two games out of eight, um, just a really big struggle, something needed to be done, and again, John Middleton um, came through with this decision to let John Maley go, and, you know, Manuel was more than just a hitting coach that they could pick up, He he's more than that, he is a beloved guy in the city of Philadelphia, you know, despite the team disheveling in his last um, few years of being manager, the Philadelphia Phillies fans still loved him, and still wanted him to do well, as you, if anyone remembers that picture of him leaving the stadium um, with his Wawa bag and his case, Wawa quesadilla in hand, um, has been blown up all over Twitter again. Again, um, they're calling it the Charlie Manuel effect. With Charlie Manuel, they won four. They won four straight games. They lost yesterday, Sunday, but they were on a good streak. Their bats seem to be back moving, and I'm asking. Did Charlie Manuel do anything, or is it one of those things when it's mental and another guy gets booted off the team and um, the, the Phillies realize, you know, we got to get our bats swinging, and then one person starts, and then it's an effect. And um, sweeping the Cubs was definitely a big confidence booster um, for the Phillies as they bombed Cole Hamels as they hit they scored eight runs on him, a pitching duel that has been long time coming with Aaron Nola basically taking – Cole Hamill's spot in 2016 when he was called up from the, from the minors, and um, both products, both pitchers were products of the Phillies organization, and Cole is a, obviously another beloved figure here in Philadelphia, but very cool to see them go against each other. Again, in Cole's defense, he did have the flu last weekend before, but he wanted to pitch for the city, for the organization that he loved here in, in Philadelphia. Manuel is a great guy. As we know, the story of last week, he at first did not accept it. So he was in his garage uh, working on some stuff when he got a call from John Middleton saying, you know what, Charlie, we're really struggling. We need to have you back. And you know what Charlie did? He said, no, I'm not going to come back. Thank you very much. But later in the day, he called him back and he said, I'll take it. Um, Charlie isn't doing this for the money, obviously. He's doing this because he loves it. He's been retired. Um, He comes back during preseason to help advise hitting. Um, But you know what? Six weeks left of the season, the Phillies need some sort of boost, and I think Charlie's the kind of guy who can give him that boost with his track rec- record, but also how he treats players, how he acts around people. He brings something to the clubhouse that not many people can bring, and one of the things that I admire about Charlie is the person he is. Right after he was the Phillies that he would come back as hitting coach, he first thing he did was call John Maley, the former hitting coach, and he said, John look, I respect you. I'm sorry this didn't work out. I've been in your same position because manager, you get fired. That's a job when you get fired a lot of times. And um, no matter what kind of coach you are in the organization, there's going to be changes. And it's not all your fault. And 
Um, JT Romuto, the catcher for the Phillies, was interviewed um, Tuesday after John was fired and Charlie was brought in, and he said, we take it upon ourselves that John was let go. And, and that it's, that's true. I mean, John is, does not go out there and hit every day for the guys, so it's going to hit harder on the players than um, anyone else, I think, when someone in the organization loses their job because they weren't performing well. But Charlie was interviewed on Wednesday and Thursday, and he said, um, you know, this is what my tactic is going to do. I'm going to feel around. I'm going to talk to each guy. I'm going to watch them hit, and then I'm going to start giving them tips. And he said this quote, which I think is something really big that too many players do today. Charlie says here, he says, most of the guys who go up to the plate try to hit home runs. And baseball isn't all about hitting the home runs. Sure, if you have a guy who can hit 30 home runs a season, great. But if you're swinging for the fence a lot of times, you're not really going to hit all the time. If you look at guys like Philly's past greats, Pat Burrell, and Pat was a great hitter, but he had this swing that if he didn't hit a home run and he struck out, the swing was so big, it was almost embarrassing. And you just want to go up there and hit a single. Um, get on base, walk, whatever you need to do to hit small ball, and that builds confidence over time as they get back into the rhythm because if you can see a guy in front of you getting on base and just swinging the bat, doing a little a little short a short swing, getting on base, that's gonna, going to improve your hitting. And once you realize that, then you can get back in your rhythm because once you start over-swinging, trying to hit grand slam every single at-bat, that's when it, it, it goes downhill. You know, what do you think? Is this Charlie Manuel pickup? Is it worth it? Is Charlie going to help them? You know what, um, Charlie's just so loved, and I personally think he's a great person to have in the dugout, um, and also he just, he teaches people just to have patience at the plate, and I think that's why so many guys in the 08 reign were so, were so successful because of their patience he told them to have, and they learned, you know, once you have this patience, it will come, it will come. So Charlie has about five weeks left of the season to try and prove um, trying to help prove himself and help the Phillies get into the postseason, which they're about one game out of the wild card right now, and that's what they're kind of shooting for. The Braves could tank in September, who knows? But, you know, the Nationals, too, and the Mets are on fire, too, so it's going to be a battle in order to get that one of the two spots for the wild card. I also just want to great, uh, briefly touch on, you know, the, you know, the game last week against the Cubs when the Phillies were down 5-1 going into the ninth inning. That's the time when everyone leaves, you know, oh, not again, like, oh, I feel like a lot of Phillies fans can be like, oh, not again, here they go again, trying to, you know, they're going to lose another game, they could have easily won if their bats weren't so dead, and they all come up, and then first, you know, Roman Quinn gets on, and Scott Kingery, and um, Corey Dickerson, they're all, you know, they're all working together, and working together, and then all of a sudden, Reese gets hit by a pitch, Harper comes off, and I've never seen a greater home run in my entire life. He hits a grand slam and he hit that ball so far, hard and so far that you almost felt like it was not even in this dimension, like it hit the moon. Like that's how far it hit. It was second deck grand slam and oh my goodness, I think that was one of the best moments of this entire season. It gave the Phillies so much fire and I just hope the Phillies continue to use this fire as they look to make this push in this postseason because they don't have many days off anymore. It's going to be tough. They're tired. They've played 125 games, 23 games so far. It's not going to be easy, but, um, you know, with 40 games left, they got to start pushing if they want to make the postseason. This is when it matters. This is when real teams step up to the plate, and I really believe um, that the Phillies can do it, but it just proves that you just got to keep believing in the team. 
A lot of Phillies fans have been really pessimistic about the season, but I think if you look at it from a way of, you know what, they've had their struggles and they've lost a lot of people. And I actually put out a poll on my Instagram, um, yes, two days ago, about, um, you know, do the Phillies have what it takes to make the postseason their um, injuries? And 26 people said yes, and 22 said no. And very close at times, it was 50-50. So not sure if the polls are really Phillies fans or, or they're just other baseball fans voting against the Phillies. But a lot of fans seem to seem to be pessimistic. But I think if you really believe in them and you keep rooting for them, that they can possibly sneak in there because they have the power hitting. There's no doubt about that. They just need and they have the most of the fielding skills. They just need pitching. If they can make a one move for another reliever, I know they brought in, you know, they got more in and a couple new guys in the bullpen. And you just got to get working. And sometimes the end of the season gives them enough fuel to to get going. So my hope is and my thought is that the Phillies will make the postseason this year. And I'm so excited to watch them the next five weeks. Hopefully catch go to a few games and, um, you know, see them in that September um, baseball, um, you know, kind of light. Because I love September baseball. I love baseball in the fall. And I can't wait to go to a game in September because... Um, you know, I'm not, it's, I just graduated college and I'm excited to be able to experience that kind of atmosphere again. But now I want to totally switch gears and jump to um, the team across the street in the Lincoln financial field with the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, I'm not sure um, how long you've been, if you've been following the quarterback situation, but it's definitely something that the Eagles have always had the struggle with in the past three or four years. You know, who is the guy, who's their backup, who's their go-to? And, I think every team needs a good backup because like the Philly, the Eagles, excuse me, the Eagles proved, like the Eagles proved in the 2018 Super Bowl run, you need a good backup quarterback or you may not go anywhere. And I totally believe that Carson's in his best shape of his life. I believe he's healthy and ready. But I also think that backup who can be a reliable source. And I think Sudfield deserves that opportunity. He sat in the third spot for the past couple of years. He deserves that opportunity, and I think he has earned that, but I think he needs to have a few, start, first start by having a few more snaps, you know, back there during a game, and, um, you know, unfortunately, if this preseason, if you haven't been following the preseason, um, Sudfield started game one, but he got, unfortunately broke his wrist, and next, last week, Cody Kessler came in and had a head injury, not long-term, fine, um, but he's out, so he was the third string, and um, Sudfield's supposed to be back in the first week one or two or three um, with a broken wrist, and it seems to be healing well. He seems to be doing great. But now the Eagles were left in this crunch. Who do we have as quarterback? We need to sign somebody. Now, I'm not sure who you would look for. Some people were calling for Kaepernick. Some people weren't calling for Kaepernick. Some people were calling for all these different names. But in the end, on um, Saturday, the Eagles decided to sign um, veteran 40-year-old Josh McCowan, who just spent his um, last year with the Jets, and he actually retired on June, but they pulled him out of retirement for his 17th season this year. Josh is a great guy to have in your backfield because of a veteran. It's always good to have a veteran leader in the uh, in the locker room, and McCowan has served for many teams. Um, you know, he actually has a bond with Alshon Jeffrey, um, the Eagles receiver, because when um, McCown was playing for the Bears and Alshon was drafted by the Bears, um, you know, four or five years ago, McCowan made it his, you know, made it a thing to give Alshon a 
call before he, you know, stepped in the practice facility and said, hey, nice to have you. And just started a relationship. And that's the kind of guy you want to have around your guy who's doesn't just care about football but cares about the team and cares about relationships and those relationships make a championship team as we saw with the you know 2018 Eagles team. What does you know McCowan bring to the table besides being a veteran? You know security. He has been he's played 17 years you know it goes along with the veteran thing but security. He also brings a tremendous value to the quarterback room. That expertise obviously Carson is very very skilled very knowledgeable and Sudfield is obviously learning, but having another veteran like Nick Foles, but now in McCowan, can give them a leg up when they're trying to um, watch film, um, give another advice on guys he's played before because he's had a 17-year career or going to 17-year, 16-year career. You know, and two years ago, he had the best career of his um, year of his career with um, 15 games, and he played 13 starts, and he had a 67.3 passing completion rate and 2,926 yards and 18 touchdowns and 9 interceptions. And, you know, that's pretty good. He's going to be their number two until Sudfield comes back. They promised Sudfield this position. I think, like I said before, Sudfield's earned it. Interesting thing about McCowan, too, is he's had one postseason. Now imagine, relate to yourself, imagine if you have played 20 years, basically, in the NFL and you've made it to one postseason or whatever sport you play. You made it to one championship race, right? Well, you know... That he's hungry. He wants to go to the postseason. I can't imagine being a competitive player and not wanting to be play into January and February. You know, that's when you want to shine. You, you can have a stellar year during the regular season, and that's great, and that means a lot too. But having that, having that stardom in the postseason makes you one of the greats. And I think this is obviously going to probably going to be his last year. This is a time where he wants to go to the postseason, and this is why he accepted it. I mean, why wouldn't you want to grab your cleats and run back and be on a team that's highly, highly competitive within the league and is picked within the top five or six teams? He's ready for the long grind. He's, he's. I think McCown was a great, great pickup by, um, you know, Howie Roseman and the whole Philadelphia Philadelphia team. Just to give you another perspective, in 99 games he's played, he got a 60.2% passing rating, and he's thrown for he's thrown for 17,707 yards, and he has 98 touchdowns in 99 games. Not bad. And McCown has given up, you know, a nice retirement, a nice cushy job at ESPN to be an analyst, to come back and play. And to me, that says a lot about the guy who just wants to play the game, doesn't care about money. He just wants to be there, and he wants to play the game. And that that just, as a fan... That gives you so much hope for a team when they have a guy who they know they can rely on if Wentz were to ever go down, knock on wood, um, we need him to be strong. But just to have a guy to give Wentz a break um, and, you know, and help Sudfield build his way back up because Sudfield's going to need to rebuild his confidence after, you know, getting hit extremely hard um, and breaking his wrist in the first game. So my questions are, you know, you know who do you want? As, a, as the number two quarterback, do you think Sudfield deserves that position? I mean, he doesn't have many snaps. He's played maybe one or two. He hasn't even played full games. He's played maybe one quarter or two NFL quarters per games he's played. He's not started. He started one time he starts in, um, in, this post, in this preseason, and he breaks his wrist. Should McCowan get number two? I mean, he's the veteran guy. I mean, if you're McCowan, you've played 16 years, but or do you give to the guy you've had for three years who's been sitting behind Foles and Wentz, who has earned this spot and worked his way up in the organization? Who do you think deserves to be the number two quarterback? You know, was this a good move on the Eagles' part? Um, to, could they Should they have picked up someone younger, someone in their you know early 30s, mid-30s, someone who's more flexible, um, or is McCowan a good pickup, you know, for the 
for the um, Eagles quarterback situation in the quarterback room. But um, I'm certainly excited for the for the, um, the season coming up in a few more weeks. I'm ready to pull out my jersey, my matching shoes, my everything to get ready for this season. I can't wait to have game day parties. I don't know about you, but it's summer's my favorite. But when fall comes, at least we have football. So thanks, guys, for tuning in to this edition of the Philly Sports Angle Podcast. I'm Kirsten, and I'll see you next week. Um, leave your comment and subscribe. And uh, thanks again for listening.